Did you know that you can have results or excuses, but not both? Let's tear apart that adage next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining and this is your first time taking a peek at Happily Ever Active, a special welcome to you. Please go back and check out some of the earlier episodes if you are so inclined. When you do, you'll know that I often talk about the interplay between several factors that I think influence how regularly you are active in your life and, in particular, how often you feel like moving on a regular basis. And those factors include culture, our mindset, the methods that we take to go and to get active, and our overall motivation to move. So I often make those links. And today is one of the perfect episodes, if you're just joining, one of the perfect episodes to check in on, because this is one that I'm pretty passionate about. And it's one that really, this episode really breaks down one of the the cultural themes out there that I think disrupts a lot of relationships with physical activity. And that said, I treat physical activity, I treat fitness as a relationship first and foremost. And if you go back, I think it's episode two or three where I break down fitness as a relationship, you'll see that I'm kind of a little bit different in how I look at fitness because today I think we attack physical activity as if we're going to war. It's a war against our bodies. It's a war against our minds in a lot of ways. And I think what we should be doing, at least this is what the research strongly says, is we should be nurturing that relationship. We should be looking at ways of exploring self-expression and even self-love and especially being self-compassionate when it comes to our fitness journeys. And that ties into today's topic, the idea of no excuse culture. And I led the show with one of the adages that you'll see commonly used today. You can have results or excuses, but not both. And there's a bunch of other ones, and here's a couple others. Someone busier than you is working out right now. Excuses don't burn calories. These ideas stick in our heads and really cause us to trip up or even feel guilty um, or ashamed of our behavior if, for example, we miss a day or we miss a week. And it's very easy in today's fitness culture to get caught up in this relationship with fitness that's about getting caught up in painstaking fitness pursuits we don't like, and then ultimately fizzling out and dropping out of those pursuits only to feel the pain of negative self-judgment, self-loathing, and guilt and shame. A lot of people will swing from undertaking painstaking fitness experiences to feeling the pain of failure, if you will, the, that, that pain that I was talking about, the psychological pain of failure. And they go back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. Well, I think no excuse culture contributes to that pain pendulum as I, as I talk about it. And so let's talk a little bit about no excuse culture. I first want to preface this by saying, Listen, life happens, and only you, only you know whether you are making an excuse or there's a legit reason 
And there's a fine line, I guess, between reason and excuses. But there is something to be said that if you are actually making an excuse to avoid physical activity, there is some data associated with that. And I mean data meaning that if you are constantly trying to make excuses to yourself, that's maybe telling you more about the choices that you're making or even how you've been doing physical activity in the past than it is a some sort of character flaw that you lack will or that you're a weak person. So let's put that out there first. You're really the only person who can decide whether you are making excuses. And if you are making legitimate excuses, that should just be telling you that there are some adjustments to be made to your physical activity. So I just treat that relationship that you have with yourself as important data. But at the same time, life happens. We live, a lot of us, complex lives, busy lives. We have a lot going on. And so it's not uncommon to skip a day because we're busy. On top of that, we often make decisions to get active or not based on how we feel. Like, I don't feel like going today. And again, that's fine. It's not something to feel guilty about whether you feel like moving or not. The most important thing, to me at least, and this is something that I've kind of professed throughout the uh, first dozen or so episodes of the show, the most important thing is that you're trying to create as much motivational energy as you can towards movement so that you do feel like moving on a regular basis. But sometimes when you do not feel like exercising, and it might be a day or two, it might be a week or two or longer, when you constantly do not feel like moving, That is just data. It's just data that we can pick apart. But in general, this cultural theme, this notion that there are no excuses, or, you know, you see these memes, like I mentioned a few, like you can have results or excuses, not both. These things are really judgmental by nature. And if you've listened to any of my earlier episodes or you have read some of my book, you'll know that. These are the things wrecking a lot of relationships with physical activity. And so we need to kind of understand these things to help us as individuals overcome them. And sometimes, you know what, once we're aware of some of these things that happen, we can just look at them and laugh at them. And that's one way of overcoming them, of just seeing how ridiculous they are. And no excuse culture is, I think, one of those things. Because above anything else, it's judgmental in nature, whether you think it privately to yourself or you spread it to others and and use it you know, when you talk to others about their fitness, it's judgmental by nature. And I don't think uh, this judgmental approach to fitness works. But it also lacks self-compassion if you're using it to yourself, that you're not giving yourself any leeway at all. And I'll get into that a little bit more about this idea of leeway later. And in fact, today I've got a very specific exercise or uh, I like, I you know, I like thought experiments, but I've got a thought experiment for you and how to break free of that a little bit. But no excuse culture is really lacking in self-compassion when it we internalize it. We don't treat ourselves very nice when it comes to missing a day or missing a week, like I said. So let's look at that a little bit more. Because when we're talking about excuses and, and reasons, you know, that line can be fine. And often a reason gets lumped as an excuse. It's often the case that whatever the explanation is for not showing up, it gets treated as an excuse. But listen, I still live with depression. I have a depression management plan for my life. 
you know, it, it works very well. And physical activity has an important part in that management plan, a vital part and has for some time, but it's not fail safe. I have days where my depression is really, you know, it's really gripped me tightly. And these are the days where I really don't feel like working out. Now, as I've said in earlier shows, this is where pushing the willpower button can really help. But you don't have to push the willpower as often if you have experiences or you've got fitness uh, activities in your schedule that you really like to do. You don't have to press it as often. When I'm feeling like really down, let's just say, like uh, mentally, emotionally down, even those likable activities might not be as attractive. And that, I'm telling you now, that is fine. That is 100% fine. And this might be some projection here on my part, meaning that I'm kind of speaking to myself, but I wholeheartedly agree that if you think you need to take care of something else in your life, that you need to address what's underlying, you know, your, uh, your off day mentally, then you should go and do that. It's totally fine to, to deprioritize physical activity. We do know that being active, even for 15 to 20 minutes, has a very sharp impact on mood. So that's something to intellectually understand. But if you don't choose to reach for physical activity as a way to feel better, that doesn't make you a bad or a weak person, okay? So when we're looking at our choices to, or to be or to not to be active, we have to have a little bit more self-compassion here, particularly when we, you know, we don't usually know the background to the behavior for the person, if you're talking to someone else, for the person who is, you know, for example, hasn't shown up. They might be dealing with something. And so this is why I will never deploy the no excuse phrase. If I do, it's just in jest and it's usually with somebody who is a friend of mine and knows that I don't really believe in that, that sentiment at all. Because we don't really know. We don't know what's going on with a person. For example, we live busy lives, complicated lives, and sometimes this stuff catches up with, with us. And some things just jump the queue and become more important. There's little doubt that you will have periods of time where you're super, super, super stressed. And we all know that when we're super stressed, we don't sleep as well. And if we don't sleep as well, we're less likely to choose physical activity. And these things all work in sometimes a very complex fashion. And so if you're looking at, oh, I missed a workout today because I really needed to catch up on some sleep, or I really needed to do something else for myself to relax or whatever, then that might be the best decision that you've made all week. So when you don't feel like it or you're too tired and those types of feelings that contribute to not showing up, which often get dubbed as an excuse, you might actually be doing something that you need to do, that you need to be doing in order to come out of whatever busy stretch that you're undergoing and have some vigor towards your physical activity routine, your fitness routine. And so I just wanted to point out very clearly today that on that pain pendulum, when you miss a workout, we often feel really badly. We, we, we inflict psychological pain on ourselves. And I really hope that there's not a lot of people or any people in your life that are in the business of inflicting psychological pain by making you feel guilty if you miss, if you miss a, a, a workout, you miss a run, or you miss something that you've, you've planned. I hope that the people that are in your lives might wonder like, oh, I wonder why. Jim wasn't here today. I hope he's doing okay. 
Again, as someone who has lived with depression for a while, I know this relationship can be complicated, but I also know that if you've got a family or if you've got work obligations that kind of fluctuate in terms of their intensity, meaning that some weeks things are really busier than others, you are able to concede that it's okay from time to time to overlook fitness for a little bit. Now, what does that mean in the bigger picture in terms of trying to establish a lifestyle? It might seem, oh, well, why is Kelly talking about it's okay to not work out? <laughs> why why is he isn't he supposed to be advocating for regular physical activity? I said, yes. But what I'm really trying to advocate here is establishing a positive relationship with physical activity and protecting the bond. And one of those things that we need to protect ourselves from is making decisions to work out when we really, really, really don't feel like it. And we don't feel like it because there's something else in our lives we need to take care of. We need to catch up on sleep. Maybe we need to do something less vigorous as a way to regenerate. We need recovery, rest and recovery, even just heal physically or psychologically in some fashion. These are important decisions too in the bigger picture. And of course, that's what I'm always looking at, the bigger picture, the long game. And the more that we if we adopt this idea of, of, of no excuses and we force ourselves on a regular basis to be active, the more we do that, the more we put our relationship, that positive relationship with physical activity at risk. I'm not saying that going and, and forcing yourself to be active when you really don't feel like it and there's other things going on will wreck it all in one shot. But if we do this on a regular basis, if we follow and abide by this no excuse uh, messaging, this no excuse culture, then that lack of self-compassion is going to catch up with us. So I'll give you just a very quick example. I'm pretty religiously committed to going to my early morning workouts, these uh, early morning workouts I've mentioned from November Project. And here in Ottawa, um, I attend the Arboretum Hill Club. And uh, these are really positive, upbeat groups that I'm, I'm always getting terrific energy from partly because the the social energy is so positive. But there are some times, and the, there have been some times in the past that I have decided the night before that, you know what, I need to get the sleep. I'll do something else on that day, but I need to get that sleep in the morning. And that sleep is really important. And of course, as I mentioned, that sleep is really, really important when you are struggling with fatigue that is associated with depression, for example. So I've come to the stage where honoring how I feel and honoring all the symptoms and all these little signs that things might not be going so well mentally, I need to honor those things and participate in self-care. That self-care might mean skipping a workout to do something else. Now, this brings me to the practical side of the episode this week. And I told you earlier about how we think in absolutes about fitness, and we're very binary in a lot of ways. You know, the no pain, no gain adage is perfect, right? You can't have gains if fitness doesn't hurt or if it's not painful. We've created a bunch of dichotomies that are really not supported by any research or science. And I want to break down a little bit of that binary thinking in terms of how you manage your physical activity routine, particularly when you're feeling less like going out or you're feeling like on a particular day, you don't want to do the thing that you've normally got planned, whether that's a run or a ride or a fitness class or whatever. 
And so to break free of this binary thinking, meaning that your decision to be active today, so let's say you missed that class that you normally go to at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, that yoga class, that now you've just decided for that day that you're not going to be active, that that decision has been made and that's it. And so I, I've asked in previous episodes about what are some of the things that you have not tried in the past to try and build a bucket of alternatives or a bucket of new activities that you can include in your routine, that you can incorporate in your routine and use when you really need them, meaning that you might be able to draw upon that bucket when, you know, you're just feeling a little stale with one of your favorite things to do. Maybe yoga, you just need a little break from doing yoga for a while just to keep it fresh or, you know, it's feeling stale and you need to refresh. So you need to take a little break, just like we do with people, right? We, we you know, that's why I keep on coming back to fitness as relationship. We all have friends and we all have best friends, but you don't want to spend all your time with your best friend. The relationship can benefit by giving it some air. Here's where that bucket comes into play. If you are making a choice to not do thing A, what is thing B that you can do? If you don't feel like doing thing B, what is thing C that you can do? And you go down that ladder, or to follow the bucket analogy, you keep sifting through that bucket until you find something that's like, you know what? I feel like doing that. And it might mean if you're having a down day mentally, and I'm going to keep on dipping back into your mental health, maybe you're just having a down day mentally. It doesn't have to be a depressive episode or anything like that. But if you're having a down day, if you find just one thing like walking around the neighborhood, that's something like that's an intensity that you can handle and you feel like, man, fresh air would be nice, then look at that. Fitness is no longer a binary decision that because you don't feel like taking that more intense boot camp class or whatever in the morning that you can't do something and keep some momentum going, but you're also making the choice to be active based on, you know, honoring how you feel and also honoring how you feel about that activity that you feel like doing it. And whenever we feel like doing something and we go and do it, it's usually an extremely positive experience. So this to me is a wise way of managing physical activity in your life when things are getting a little crazy. And that's why having a bucket of things rather than just one thing can be a very, very good resource for you. And you can use it as a, as a tool to deal with those stretches where you don't feel like doing your main thing. You feel like spending time with something different. So that brings me to the question of the day, which is what's in your bucket? Is your bucket deep enough? Is there enough things in there that you can draw upon when things are busy or if, if life is feeling complex or your energy is being tapped into by a bunch of other things? And these are important things. One of the things to consider when you are looking at adding things to your bucket is, is there a mixture of intensity within your choices, within your options? So that when you are having those weeks or those days where there's not much interest or you really don't feel like doing something intense, that you can dip into that bucket and go, you know what, instead of going to that high intensity, maybe it's a hit class, maybe it's a boot camp class or whatever, I can draw upon something at lower intensity that I more, more or less feel like doing. And you're giving yourself that option of doing something active, but at a lower intensity. Sometimes when we are binary in our thinking that we only do this one thing or not three, four, five times a week, 
we put ourselves at risk that on those days we don't feel like it, we do nothing. And of course, when we're trying to build momentum in our routine and and develop a lifestyle, we are best suited by having options. Again, I'll draw upon personal examples of when I'm really feeling down or I'm having a depressive flare-up, I often don't feel like going and doing something really intense. That's pretty common. I will sometimes, knowing that, yeah, this will probably be good for me. It's very rare that I kind of do that, but sometimes I know that's the case and I, I push the willpower button. But what's mostly the case is I will choose to do one of three things. They're all healthy things, at least they're healthy for me, and they're at very, they're much lower intensity. So for example, I will take my dogs for a walk in the woods. Even if I've already walked them, I'll go for a walk. I'll take my dogs. I'll do it in an atmosphere that I enjoy. I will stretch. I will go through a stretching routine that if that's the only thing I get up to today, that's at least uh, something that I know that I will enjoy, that I will feel good doing. Or I will do a yin session of about half an hour, 25 minutes to half an hour. I'll go through a yin sequence that is low intensity that I know I can do. It's convenient. I can do it in the living room of my home. There's not much friction in terms of self-starting at any of those activities. As again, you all know, these are things that when you're physically active, they really help your mental health. And so these are some of the strategies, but they're lower intensity. So if you're looking about building your bucket, stratify a little bit by intensity. So if you love spinning, but every time you don't feel like spinning, you end up doing nothing, maybe there's something else you can add in your bucket as a backup. You know, Call it your backup bucket, if you will. So that's how all of these things sort of factor in. And so in terms of no excuse culture, I am hypercritical of that facet of today's fitness culture simply because it is lacking compassion and it's it's something that's lacking in self-compassion if this is the thought that we have in our own heads, you know, and it's also, you know, something fundamentally judgmental by nature, whether you think about it and, and you, you know, attack yourself with the thought that there's no excuses or you spread it around. And hopefully today, by focusing on having a backup bucket, you might be able to draw upon a little bit more physical activity in your life when you're not feeling like your normally scheduled fitness activity. At the same time, perhaps not feeling like working out or being active at all is just a sign that you need to take care of something else. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today is linking no excuse culture to our mindset, to our methods and to our motivation. And hopefully there's something in here today that you can take away and incorporate into your routine. And as always, I want to create practical solutions, even if they're small, that can help us overcome some of these obstacles. And unfortunately, no excuse culture is one of these big obstacles for a lot of people. And it's one that lacks, like I say, it lacks self-compassion and it's very judgmental in nature. And and as you probably know, those things really aren't going to help you get to where you want to go, and be consistent with your health and fitness routine. So with that, thanks again for checking in. Please follow the show on Instagram. That's Happily Ever Active Show. And you can follow me personally at kelly.dell, D-O-E-L-L on Instagram. And again, thank you for checking in. Until next time, here's to living happily ever active. 
this episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.